So it is Memorial Day, and as usual, we take some time to remember those who gave their lives defending our nation, our freedoms, and our way of life. Even as I say those things, we look around, you know, turn on the news, especially um, see what's going on in our nation right now, and we see that things are not all rosy in America, are they? I was on a site uh, in preparation called Mental Health uh, America, and uh, they quoted a, a recent NPR poll that shows that 84% of people say that they are angrier now than a generation ago. Over one in 10 youth in the United States are experiencing depression that is severely impairing their ability to function at school or at work. Talk to some of the teachers uh, around. They will tell you that the kids are struggling in our own community. We have serious social issues, economic issues, political issues, moral issues. And doesn't it just seem overwhelming at times. We can feel so helpless. Many of us just trying to survive in our own world, let alone the, the, the overwhelming look at, at the nation and things that are going on in the world, and it just feel like throwing up your hands sometimes, don't you? But I want to offer us some hope today and also say, yes, there is something that you and I can do to make an impact on this world. Not only a positive impact on our own lives, but on our community, on our country, and the larger picture. I want to entitle the message this morning, Fighting for America. I think the greatest way that we can honor those that have gone before and fought for the freedoms that we enjoy is to continue that fight. Amen? You may have heard the passage from 2 Chronicles 7.14 that was given by the Lord as a prescription to the nation of Israel if they should find themselves in a place of similar widespread problems. He says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. This was a time of the glorious um, introduction of Solomon's temple. Uh, Solomon and David together spared no expense in building this temple. It was huge, it was ornate, it was filled with gold and all kinds of things, and they're dedicating the temple that day. And as they dedicated that temple to, to the Lord, the Bible says that the glory, the, the, the Shekinah, or, or I like to call it Shekinah, uh, of God, His glory filled that temple. There was there was visible uh, smoke in that temple, and it says that the priests could not stand to minister in there. They couldn't stay on their feet. The glory of God had filled that place. And as Solomon utters his prayer of dedication to the temple, God responds with these words. And he says, hey, if there comes a time when my people turn their back on me, and they start following other gods. Here is the prescription. 
when all around starts breaking down and you see it in, in your society, here's the prescription, here's what I want you to do. If my okay, let's do it this way. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. Their land. Notice two things. First of all, who is he talking to? He's talking to my people. He's not talking to the general population, is he? He's talking to my people. Those of genuine faith in him. The second thing he says is, I will heal their land. Okay, The few affect the bigger picture. Do you see it this morning? So there is our glimmer of hope that the few can indeed make a difference in the whole nation. I wonder how many of us, myself included, really understand the power of genuine prayer and faith. James, in chapter 5, verse 16, says, The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Now, when he's talking about a righteous person, thank God for uh, Romans chapter 3, which says that through faith in Jesus Christ, we are given the gift of perfect righteousness. Because none of us can stand on our own merit righteous before God. Never could, never will. But through faith in Jesus Christ, we have, because he took our sin on the cross, we are declared righteous before God. So we can stand in that place of righteousness and pray. And pray in faith. And he says the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. He goes on to say this, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. You know what that means? means he was just imper as imperfect, as flawed, had his own struggles just like us. Okay, he was a real person, right? And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. One man, through prayer, affected the normal weather pattern of at least that area. I'm not sure exactly if land actually means the whole earth, but, but at least in that area, in Israel, Samaria, all that Middle East area, no rain for three and a half years. I'm telling you, prayer is powerful. It's powerful. Because prayer is a partnership with the God who is all-powerful. Amen? Prayer is a partnership with the in what's the word infinite 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 God. So um, look what he says, the Lord in Ezekiel chapter twenty-two, uh, an, another time that we see all heck breaking loose. Okay, he says this. Verse 24, Son of man, say to her, that is 
Israel, you are a land that is not cleansed or rained upon in the day of indignation. The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured human lives. They have taken treasure and precious things. They have made many widows in her midst. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the common. Neither have they taught the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have disregarded my Sabbaths so that I am profaned among them. Her princes in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey, shedding blood, destroying lives to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have smeared whitewash for them seeing false vision and divining lies for them, saying, Thus says the Lord God, when the Lord has not spoken. The people of the land have practiced extortion and committed robbery. They have oppressed the poor and needy. They have extorted from the sojourner without justice. Do you see it? He could be describing 21st century America, couldn't he? Same kinds of social justice issues, political issues, economic issues, corruption, even in religious leaders, churches. And then God says this, verse 30, watch this. And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Here is God looking at this nation in rebellion. The leaders are rebelling. The religious leaders are rebelling. Everybody's after their own gain. Just, just disregarding the poor, the widows, the orphans, etc., etc., etc. Right? And God says, judgment's coming. But you know what? I'm looking for someone to intercede before me. I'm looking for someone to stand in the gap, someone to cry out to me for the land so that I will relent. I sought for a man, but there was none. There was none. Not one person whose heart was open to hearing the voice of God and his invitation to pray and intercede for the land. To cry out to him like Moses did on the mountain when those that were delivered from slavery in Egypt had become stiff-necked. Right? They were tired of waiting for a word from God. They built their own golden calf and said, This is your God. They threw off all moral restraint. And God's righteous judgment would have fallen upon them all. But Moses stood in that gap. Moses interceded. He cried out to God on their behalf. And the Bible says that God relented. America has become stiff-necked, haven't we? We've forgotten whose blessing it was that released us from bondage to an English king named George who was a tyrant. You know, we, we, we think about that, maybe more on the 4th of July because Memorial Day encompasses all of them. Whose blessing released us from that bondage? Who, who, I mean, the odds were so stacked against us as a young nation, right? Whose hand was with us? And for how many years we 
gave thanks for that hand. We put in God, we trust on our money, etc., 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 right? We stood with the Lord, our Savior. But now we've become stiff-necked. We've made for ourselves God's small g out of the philosophies of men. We've sought after wealth and fame and power. We've thrown off the moral, the good moral safeguards that have guided us for years and years and years. Even many churches have turned from following God's word to following popular culture. And the results? Well, we've already talked about them, haven't we? Anger, division, corruption, depression. But can I say there is good news? And the good news is this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God who responded to the prayer of Moses is with us. The same God who promised, if my people will pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear and I will heal their land. That same God is with us. The same God who sought for a single person in the days of Ezekiel to cry out on behalf of the land is with us. And he is extending that same invitation to you and me to join the fight for America, but not with tanks and guns, church. Yes, there is something that we can do, you and I, for our nation, for our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. On this Memorial Day, as we gave, as we honor those and remember those who gave sacrificially, to fight for this country, we can join that fight on our knees. On our knees. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10.4, he says the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. Again, not guns, tanks, and bombs, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Can it really make a difference? Can people in prayer really make a difference on the greater scale. Let's take a look back at history, starting even before America was a nation, one nation under God, with a move of God known as the Great Awakening. I want to read some things to you here. This is from Christianity.com. It says, many of the early colonists had come to the New World to enjoy religious freedom. But as the land became tame and prosperous, when they no longer relied on God for their daily bread, wealth brought complacency toward God. And as a result, church membership dropped. Wishing to make it easier to increase church attendance, the religious leaders had instituted the halfway covenant, which allowed membership without a public testimony of conversion. The churches were now attended largely by people who lacked a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Sadly, many of the members themselves, or the ministers themselves, did not know Christ and therefore could not lead their flocks to the true shepherd. Then, 
Suddenly, the Spirit of God awoke as though from an intense slumber and began to touch the population of the colonies. People from all walks of life, from poor farmers to rich merchants, began experiencing renewal and rebirth. And what was behind this sudden move of the Spirit? Again, I quote, The faith and prayers of the righteous leaders were the foundation of the Great Awakening. Before a meeting, George Whitfield would spend hours, sometimes all night, bathing an event in prayer. Fervent church members kept the fires of revival going through their genuine petitions for God's intervention in the lives of their communities. History.com says this, The Great Awakening unquestionably had a significant impact on Christianity. It reinvigorated religion in America at a time when it was steadily declining. Truly converted members now filled the pews. In New England, during the time from 1740 to 1742, memberships increased from 25,000 to 50,000, so they doubled. Hundreds of new churches were formed to accommodate the growth in churchgoers. The revival also led to the establishment of several renowned educational institutions, including Princeton, Rutgers, Brown, and Dartmouth universities. Cyclopedia Britannica says this, The Great Awakening had a strong influence on colonial and later U.S. religion, culture, and politics. The democratization of the religious experience fed the fervor that resulted in the American Revolution. Hmm. Is there hope? The second Great Awakening came from 1795 to 1835. According to Christianity.com again, this move of God had a greater effect on society than any other revival in America. Fueling, for example, the anti-slavery movement. Christians became leaders in many other social concerns such as education, prison reform, temperance, Sabbath observance, and equal rights for women. Speaking of our own area, this second great awakening, uh, mostly under Charles Finney's ministry, ChristianHistoryInstitute.org says this, the life of the entire area was profoundly influenced. Former enemies and critics frequently became firm supporters, acknowledging that at Rochester there was little or nothing to criticize, but much to praise. Taverns closed. The theater became a livery stable. The man who became district attorney stated that after the revival, the crime rate in Rochester dropped by two-thirds and remained that way for years. Imagine turning on the TV and not hearing about a shooting in Rochester. Oh, yes, it can. Of note, Charles Finney refers to a Father Nash who would precede him to different locations and spend days in intercession for his meetings. Then there was the Welsh revival in Wales in 1904, which came to this country as well and began in, in Azusa Street in California. Uh, but this Welsh revival in 1904, another outpouring of God's spirit in response to God's invitation to pray. According to RevivalLibrary.org, the national employment was down, uh, down in the coal mines. These were places of terrible ungodliness. 
there was much swearing, blaspheming, and gambling, but now services were held hundreds of feet below the earth. Sometimes 300 would gather to hear the reading of Scripture and sing hymns and offer prayers. Can you imagine a bunch of rough, tough coal miners gathering beneath the earth and having church? Hmm. The revival made men do better work. No time wasting and slackness. Employees looked after their master's goods as though they were their own. Even the pit ponies that were used to blasphemy did not understand the changed language the miners were using, refusing to respond to their new controlled language. Obviously, you know, they're giving direction to these ponies. Every other word was a cuss word. Now those are gone. The ponies don't know what to do. Talk about revival. One newspaper report said this, Truly God has visited his people in Wales. It is not a question of one town being awakened, but of the whole principality being on fire. Among the changes noted, profanity silenced, brothels deserted, betting books burned, police courts idle, family feuds pacified, old standing debts paid, the family altar re-erected, and Bible study became a passion. All this to say, church, there is something we can do, isn't there? Rather than worry, complain, throw up our hands, we can lift up our imperfect hands to a holy God and intercede for this nation of ours. Not just, oh God, help us, but looking to the past, looking at what God can do and will do in answer to prayer. You and I can humble ourselves in faith and cry out and intercede for this nation with prayers that are powerful and effective in their working. Powerful to pull down strongholds in the spirit, which will affect things in the natural. Right? This is, this is our heritage. I think it's Psalm 118 that, that, that we will bind their princes with fetters of iron. Right? We, Ephesians talks about the church, that we are seated with him in the heavenlies above all principality, thrown, principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions, every name that can be named. We have power as a church to pull down these spiritual influences that are taking over our nation. One man, one woman, a couple of us on our knees. Now I know that uh, there's probably not a lot of George Whitfields um, that would uh, prostrate themselves or Father Nash's and spend all night in prayer. But think about it this morning. If you and if 50 people in this room said, Lord, I will answer that call and prayed 10 minutes a day, let's say six days a week, take one off. 10 minutes a day, six days a week, that's 50 hours of prayer every week in intercession for our nation. 200 hours a month crying out to God on behalf of our land. 
joining the fight at a higher level in the spirit, that God would move among us once again, that he would pour out his spirit. You know, revival isn't something that we can put on the sign in front, you know, and, and start ourselves. Revival is a sovereign move of God. But you see God behind it inviting people to pray, searching for people to stand in the gap and intercede, and then answering those prayers with a move of his spirit, people coming under conviction of sin, people flocking into churches saying, I need to get right with God affecting whole towns, communities. That's what we're after. We can do this. Amen? Let's pray. God Almighty, help us to step back as we, as we would just watch you know, the highlights of the news in the morning, it is overwhelming in the natural. But help us, Lord, give us your eyes to see what's going on on a higher level, on a spiritual plane. And help us, Lord, to understand what can be done on that plane to affect things in the natural. Call us, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Draw us into your presence. Give us a, a passion to intercede. Break our hearts, Lord, for the things that break your heart, the injustices, the waywardness, and help us to know that we can make a difference as we call upon you, as we partner with you in prayer. Send revival, Lord. Send revival to this nation. Pour out your spirit upon us, Lord. It's the only thing, the only hope we have is a sovereign move of God in our midst. Come, Lord. Bring us to our knees for you. And would it start, Lord, that revival start in us. And I say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your ways. Join me. Yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey. And when the Spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. I dare say, God will be speaking, or we're going to turn on the TV, or we're going to see something, and we're going to say, boy, I hate that. And then God's going to say, let's do something about it together. Join me. Join me in the secret place, and let's pray. Let's answer that call this week. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Father.
Amen. Well, the ushers would come this morning. Let's continue our worship with our tithes and our offerings. Number 522 in the hymnal this morning, Battle Hymn of the Republic. Okay, prayers this morning.
Um, if you guys could just say a prayer for me on Tuesday, I'll be going in for surgery up at RGH. Tuesday. Prayers for my husband, Don, whose cancer has come back and he's got to go through radiation and for his sister who has the breast cancer. Will do. Anyone else? Uh, prayers for um, a young woman named Nicole. She was in a motorcycle accident. Uh, her husband has been released from the hospital doing well, but she is uh, still in very difficult situation. And also prayers for our friend Sally who uh, fell and uh, got banged up pretty badly. Prayers for Heather. She's not with us today, probably with Chase for her birthday, but she goes in June 1st to see Dr. Klein, finally for her knees, and let's hope they do something for her. Hey, um... Um, my grandfather actually fought in World War II as well. Um, luckily, he was one who managed to come home, but he lived the rest of his life in constant pain and did everything he could to um, raise his family. And um, while I know it may be a little more appropriate for Veterans Day since he did survive, I just did want to go ahead and live up. We'll lift up all of our veterans today. If I could ask for prayers for Dave, he's having trouble with his back and um, he's going to have an MRI the 15th in hopes of finding out exactly what is the problem. Um, I'd like traveling prayers for Wendy. Um, she's going to bring Brianna home from Kansas. Um, Brianna's husband got deployed. The doctors who ordered my MRI rescheduled it so I can go under full sedation. Friday, they had to rip me out of the MRI because I was starting to go into full cardiac. I lost my mom 17 years ago today. I would like to ask for um, prayers for my grandmother. She's in the early stages of Alzheimer's. 
and we are in the process or trying to convince her to move to the States with us, but she is giving us a hard time. And we're also trying to find resources back home for her, but it's, um, it's, bec it's becoming a, a little bit of a <laughs> step on our way right now. So if, if you can please pray for her, we will appreciate it. What's your grandmother's name? Rosa. Rosa. Anyone else? I'd like to ask prayers for myself. I'm going in Tuesday for uh, what they tell me is a very minor operation to correct the trigger finger on my ring finger. I am somewhat concerned because it's the only ring finger I have, and if something messes up that hand, I'm in deep doo-doo, folks. So prayers would be appreciated. Okay. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you once again for the gift of prayer, the partnership of prayer. And we come to a God who is not impotent. You are well able, Lord, to handle all of these difficulties. And uh, we thank you for that. So, Lord, we come to you, our gracious, benevolent God. And... Uh, Counted a privilege to bring these needs up before you, Lord. Sherry and her surgery on Tuesday. Lord, Beth's husband, Don, and his sister. Lord, we, we lift Nicole up to you. And Sally, we lift Bart up, Lord, with his upcoming surgery. Heather, Lord, who needs to get her knee taken care of. God, uh, Dave with his back. Uh, Lord, we lift Mike up in his grief and his uh, health issues. Lord, we lift Rosa up, God, for uh, her situation with Alzheimer's and, and getting help and maybe coming to the States, Lord. Um, and we do uh, not only give thanks for those who have served, uh, but, Lord, those who are presently in harm's way uh, all over the world, God, lifting our troops up before you. Uh, for your touch, your grace. Lord, all of these needs and probably more on our hearts that we haven't brought Wendy and, and Bree as they travel. God, uh, probably other needs that uh, have not been mentioned uh, here this morning, but uh, no less important to us. Would you reveal your goodness and your glory and your faithfulness once again, Lord? That, uh, that we might turn these prayers into testimonies and uh, you would be glorified. We thank you for this time together. Thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, all God's family said, amen and amen. Yes. Okay, and Lord, we do lift up uh, Vicki and the Avery family as well uh, as they walk through their uh, continued grief and loss. Lord, that you would comfort and strengthen them as well. Thank you, Father, in your awesome name. Amen.
and amen. Okay, announcements this morning. I missed a bunch. Uh, anybody have a, a bulletin handy? Let's run through these this morning. Youth group meets tonight, 530. Uh, the June issue of the buzz was emailed out. There's also paper copies at the front table, uh, the usher's table if you'd like one. Amy's looking for someone who might be interested in taking charge of the fall uh, craft show this year. She will, if you, if you got a gift of administration, she'll run you through it. Uh, it's, she says it's really not difficult. There's just some, you know, some time-consuming uh, things around that that uh, time, but a, a great time to get crafters and a bunch of people in our in our building here and learning about us at the same time. Uh, save the dates. We've got. Uh, June 6th and the 13th from 6 to 8 p.m. working on decorations for VBS. Could really, I mean, this is going to be, if you, if you saw the, the pictures, it has to do with uh, board games and all kinds of games, and it, this is just going to be super fun for the kids to see the whole church decorated. Uh, and and you, you, you know, if you've been here in the past and you've walked down the hall and you've seen the different rooms and you've seen the sanctuary, uh, that it is just such a wonderful uh, atmosphere for these kids to learn about Jesus. But it takes a lot of hands. And uh, when I came last Tuesday night, uh, there was only Amy and one other person that were here. And not to throw any you know, guilt on anybody, but it, it, it takes a lot to, uh, to put on something that over the top. So if you got just an hour, just a half an hour, just anything that you can offer, uh, on Tuesday night to help decorate would be appreciated. Lisa? Six to eight. June 6th and June 13th. Uh, June 15th to the 17th, salt potato booth and root beer float booth at the Shortsville Carnival. And uh, let's see, registration is now open for VBS, 16th to the 20th in July. See, Amy, there's, there's still a lot that can be done there, too. And again, it's for the kids, right? Uh, this week, VBS decorating party again, 6 to 8 on Tuesday. Uh, Bible study with me on Wednesday morning. Saturday is Eric's Day in the Bliss Food Lobby for fasting for food, collecting donations for the food cupboard. Need donations. Uh, Sunday, June 4th. Adult Sunday School with Mr. Walt, studying Romans. Um, next Sunday, also game time, 2 p.m. in the conference room. And then youth group meeting, 5.30, uh, once again next Sunday. Any other announcements that need to be made? Paul? No men's or women's group tomorrow for Memorial Day. Thursday is Advisory Council. Every, every board and committee should have a rep there. Lots, uh, lots to go over and uh, do as we look at uh, job descriptions and, and just the general, have a, have a voice. Uh, great place to get together. Paul?
Okay. Next, a week from tomorrow, uh, Monday night, the 12th baseball game for the guys. Come on out. It's like $5 to get in. Um, it was a great time last year when we did this, uh, just, just hanging out with the guys. Uh, see a little baseball in Geneva. So come on out for that. Kathy? Vet any veterans here to be acknowledged this morning? We'll do that on Veterans Day as well, but go ahead, stand up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Any other announcements? Okay. Then let's stand together, join hands across the aisles, a great big old family, and go now in peace. <laughs>